millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue now? I'm walking through fields of flowers. going to drag a routine 1-0 win over Oldham out for an hour and a half. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) 
Uh, very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get set to look back at yesterday's 1-0 win over Oldham plus a couple of other bits is uh, Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing Tom? Yeah good thank you. How are you? We got a mouthful of there. Uh, crazy sour skittles. Crazy sour You're supposed yeah. to be an adult Tom. I'll try not to chew them too much into you the microphone. Wally. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, joining uh, myself and Tom Wally is uh, is uh, old man smudger Terry Smith. How are you doing Tom? All right mate. <clears throat> yeah. We're going to make these hellos last about what 45 minutes mm. if we can. <laughs> Candy. I'm on, on strepsils if it's in it of any, uh, of any um, benefit to know. No, it's not. No, I didn't think so. But it's got to be better than crazy yeah. what skittles. What? Crazy sours skittles. Yeah. Feel free to ask. No, no, you're yeah. good. I'm, you I'm in enough. Uh, no, I've no. just got coffee since we're going around the studio. I've stopped off at a BP garage. Just for yourself, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so on tonight's show, uh, we will look back at yesterday's 1-0 win over Oldham here. Uh, from uh, Mr. Cole Robinson and pretty much uh, Mr. Cole Robinson's comments from yesterday. I think we're going to feel the rest of the show. There's so much that's come out of the post-match yesterday. Um, obviously, he's not happy at the moment with what's going to be a very dry January uh, in terms of transfers here at the Valley with the club. Pretty much in limbo, really. Uh, Roland de Chatelet has uh, admitted that he's ready to sell, uh, but he's not quite ready just yet. So <laughs> so we're, we're in limbo and it doesn't look like we're going to make any uh, signings at the moment. So we're going to have a lot to say about that. We're going to hear from Carl Robinson speaking to Tell. We're also going to hear from Carl Robinson speaking to me uh, about 15 minutes before that because he hadn't properly calmed down yet. So he's, he's at his angriest. Uh, so it's worth hearing. Uh, we want to hear from you guys as well uh, on yesterday's game, on uh, anything that comes out of the interviews, on how you see... Uh, the the, the state of the club at the moment is such a bizarre time and I could have said that any time during the last four years but this this, this weekend in particular it just feels like there's so much going on because nothing's happening and it is such a weird time so we want to hear what you guys make of all that you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, there's a thread on there uh, where you can discuss uh, tonight's show as well. Also, later on in the show, we're going to hear some clips from uh, some fans I interviewed yesterday uh, for BBC Radio London from Mitch and from David who wanted, wanted to hear their views. Uh, so we're going to hear from that. We're also going to focus on tonight. Our player in focus for this week, he returned to the Addicts for a second loan spell and scored on his second debut. His first ever senior goal There's of course, Steffi Mavadidi, uh, our match winner yesterday. He's our player in focus. I want to know uh, how you guys do you guys think he is the man who's going to save our season? Because, I mean, well, he's got one hell of a, a lot of uh, pressure on his shoulders now because he looks like the only signing we're going to make. So uh, let me know what you think about him. Right, lads, before we dive, uh, like delve into the, the really sticky stuff, uh, yesterday's <laughs> game, uh, we, we, there was a game of football yesterday and it was our first winning nine and bizarrely, after not winning for eight games, we're now just one point outside the playoffs again. Tom, you were there? Enjoy. Yeah, you're, uh, you're the man to dive into the sticky stuff first. <laughs> have to. It, was, uh, it was awful. Uh, <laughs> absolutely awful. Look, we got three points. I'm happy with that, obviously. Uh, Mavadidi's goal was class. Amos made a couple of great saves, but the game itself was poor. We're up against a side whose form was about as bad as ours. Um, well, I think slightly better. Um, yeah, give them some credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a dreadful game between two teams who are in very poor form. But as I say, we got the win. Uh, and you're right, we're, we're a point or two off the playoffs suddenly. Terry, were you more entertained than Tom was? Not a lot. Well, yes, because <laughs> yeah, we had Jake Forstikowski uh, in between myself and Greg. For the first half yesterday, so that was fun. What was he doing? Uh, he was trying to make it sound better, <laughs> trying to make the game sound as better, better than it was. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a nothing game. I mean, it, very similar to the to the Portsmouth game as well, uh, where whereby we come up against a side that uh, isn't very good. We should have pummeled them out of sight, and had we had our first choice eleven, maybe we would have done. 
We didn't, and then we rang it on at the end because. Uh, but fortunately, Oldham are considerably worse than Portsmouth. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, otherwise, they might have nicked it. Yeah, well, excellent. Now that Tom and Terry have sold it to us, let's hear the <laughs> highlights from yesterday's one the win uh, over Oldham Athletic from Valley Pass, starring Terry Smith, starring Greg Stubbley, and special guest Jake Forster Kasky. Joe Rebo trying to ride the first tackle, manages uh, to get it to. Sorry, that was uh, Mavadidi getting it to Joe Rebo, and now Ricky Holmes on a bit of a run in the centre circle, goes for the shot, long shot, off the crossbar, and he'll drop into the hands of Placide. Charlton so close to taking the lead. Hopefully, that's a little spark to get us going now. We saw Ricky Holmes score that wonder goal against Oldham last time and I say against him Charlton have the ball now to Silver down the line for Aribo oh, Aribo cuts inside and he's a bit unlucky as Green comes across just gets it away only as far as Mavadidi little shimmy on the ball approaching the penalty area now take the ball past Garner he's Sweet in the penalty area Mavadidi onto his right foot still Mavadidi oh yes what a goal what a finish for <laughs> Stephen Mavadidi and he's returned to the Charlton team this week on loan from Arsenal what a strike that is to score his first Charlton goal. That's a spark that we've been missing. Well, they've been saying all week in the build-up to this game, after Steffi Mavadidi had signed, you saw some dissenting voices or, or voices that just said, well, he's not really got goals in him. Well, he certainly has. And what a goal it was. Cutting inside his man. First going round Dummigan and getting into the box. Showing the man inside. Went outside. Back inside again and then finished and the keeper's near post, gave him no chance. What a finish, what a goal. Back to Hunt, he chips it down the line towards Nepo Machino, and Kasia picks it up, but he doesn't know Hunt's in. Hunt's gone for goal. A decent effort, curling towards the far post, just put a little bit too much on it. Yeah, I've played, played with that, Rob Hunt, uh, uh, Brighton. He's got two great feet, so we've got to be careful about him coming inside. From Lennon and Mavadidi trying to pass it back, and it might fall for Holloway, and it does, but Amos is able to gather. Mavadidi headed it back to Bauer, wasn't expecting it, let the ball run. Up in the air from Green, and Dummigan watching all the way, Holmes is still battling for it, comes to Mavadidi in penalty on the left-hand side, finds Holmes, Holmes shooting chance off! Oh, it's come off the back of Josh McGuinness, who was offside out. anyway. Concert down the line to Holmes. Holmes, edge of the penalty area, cuts his side onto his left foot, Holmes chips it towards the far post, and it's ended up almost as a cross shot, which Placide punches out for a chunk corner. Yeah, he didn't look confident there to keep it, did he? Yes, all being allowed here, which is really quite strange. <laughs> Dummigan's going to come back on the pitch. Why were you booked? Why book? <laughs> the referee's just booked the Oldham goalkeeper. He can't be time wasting it 1 0 down. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> What's that about? There's a goal kick cut Unless he's time wasting because it's, uh, well, no, I don't get it. <laughs> What's flicked on down, up towards Dummigan, a little reverse ball to him. Dummigan with the cross ball into the box and Holloway's met it. Oh. That's a good save from Ben Hermos. What a chance That's, for uh, Oldham. Lennon is furious saying that uh, Holloway pulled him back. The referee saying no. I did find it strange that Lennon fell to the ground and Holloway is able to turn, makes a space. Amos was quick out to block it. Into uh, Obadiah with a flick, and he's still there. Holloway with oh, a shot block. blocked away by Kashi, still on the edge of the penalty area. Charlton struggling to get it clear. Now they might do. No. Moshik, but again, Gerard's there. Out to Obadiah. Shapes to shoot, doesn't. Still on it. Mosh now with a shot blocked away by. McGuinness on this occasion. The corner of the opposite penalty area now. The Oldham cuts in on his left. Possible shooting. Trying to get it on his right again. Still on his left again. Trying to find Holmes. Does so. Hold oh, on. Oh, edge of the six-yard box. Saved away too by... Too many touches. Plus he gets something on it. Dropping in the six-yard box. Bowers there. Back to Marshall. Shot. Oh, oh, flicked away. Might fall to Holmes or is he going to let it go over the corner? So he's got to do this by himself. Now McGuinness gets there. 
Gets the ball in towards McGuinness. Jackson's there with a header. Oh! Just flicked away from going goal bound. Johnny Jackson by Wilson. Almost a perfect start for Johnny Jackson, but Charlton has a ball. He goes right to Gerard. And there is the final whistle. A little bit earlier than I thought. Actually, it's about 15 seconds early, but we're not going to complain. I don't know what you're talking about. It sounded like a cracker. (laughs) Vintage uh, game of football yesterday here at the Valley. Charlton heroic 1-0 victors over Oldham Athletic. Uh, Jokes aside, I mean, that was a dreadful game of football. It, It really was that second half. The last 10 minutes was quite exciting when they nearly came back into it and then we nearly killed it off. But, I mean, God, it was boring. Classic. I mean, again, um, I've said it before, like Portsmouth, they come here with a, with a particular shape to try and uh, stop us playing. Uh, and uh, and I've said it before the game, actually, that when you've got sides coming here and they know the sort of fragility we have, especially in, in, in the back four, uh, where we haven't had a settled one for, for God knows how long, uh, then they... They, a, they raise their game because it's at the Valley anyway, but B, they, they have that more confidence than they would normally have because they, they think, well, if we can keep them quiet, we might nick something because they are fragile at the back. And even when they went 1-0 down, they kept exactly the same shape. They sat deep. And, and we, uh, you know, especially in that second half, I noticed uh, the midfield were getting so frustrated that they, that they weren't being able to create anything. They almost became the front line. The gap between the back four and the rest was huge. And you had somebody like Mavadidi coming short at times in that second half and looking up and there was nobody there. And ended up having three Oldham players around him and, and trying too hard, taking it too far and losing it. And he, he wasn't the only one, of course. So it was a really strange game that never really got going. We thought after the goal it might, we might kick on, but Oldham never changed their shape at all. They kept in that rigid 4-4 and, and, uh, and sat deep. Didn't give us any space behind them. Uh, maybe if home shot had gone in or one other had gone in, it might have been different. But while it was 1-0, they never changed, hoping to do what Portsmouth did to us um, back in November. Yeah, the game couldn't have been any more different to the reverse fixture up at Boundary Park yeah, yeah. when we, when we won 4-3. And it's ironic, really. I mean, and it's true, though. You, you do see teams that are low on confidence. All of a sudden, they come to the Valley and, and they, they start playing a bit better. It's a shame that never happens for us because we play the Valley half the time anyway. <laughs> they never seem to find that. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of... Performance versus result. I mean, uh, yesterday, before the game, I would have taken what, what I saw yesterday just because we're so desperate just to get out of that horrible rut we've been in since mid-November. Yeah, and that was that was my feeling as well. <clears throat> Obviously, I did come away from the game not really having enjoyed it as, as a spectacle, but the most important thing... I mean, obviously, every game, the most important thing is a result, but more so yesterday, it felt, because of how we've been. Um, you know, we haven't won in the league since mid-November... Um, we've not played well, we've got all these injuries and we just, it, it had a feel that I just couldn't see where our next win was coming from and you come up against a game like this and you, especially in that second half when you see them starting to get back into the game and create a few chances and you think, here we go again, is it going to be like Blackpool or, or like Portsmouth, like Tell said, but we managed to hang on. Um, as I say, Amos made a couple of really good saves yesterday, kept himself big and and imposed himself on strikers, and, and we held on and we got the win, and, and that's the most important and, thing. Yeah, actually, Blackpool is the one I should have been uh, comparing it with, because that was the smash and grab one at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so, right in the last So minute. it is Blackpool, I, I, was, I was comparing it to, I apologise. If in terms of uh, what we have been lacking over the last few weeks, um, a spark, and Jake Forstakaski said it himself in the highlights you just heard there, just after Mavadidi scored that goal. I mean, it, it, very similar to some stuff we were possibly seeing from Tariq Fossu earlier on in the season, just someone who can drive with the ball, keep hold of the ball, get into the area, because when when a team comes and sit, sits back and makes it difficult for you, sometimes you can't pass through them. Sometimes you just need to run through them. And that's what he did. And, and it was a superb goal. And like I say, that's what we've been missing, I think, over the last few weeks. He's got great quick quick feet. And uh, and up to actually up to the point he scored, he, he was brilliant. 
it seemed to me after he scored and the I think the maybe the elation uh, and the, the celebration after he scored might have taken, taken the wind out of his <laughs> That's job's done then, isn't it? Yeah, he's, well, he, he seemed to go a little bit flatter afterwards. I mean, don't get me wrong, he still uh, looked quality on the ball. But as I said earlier, I think he tried too hard at times, um, especially in the second half. But uh, you can't discount the, the first half hour that he played, which um, mm. if it wasn't for him, we would have it would have been nil-nil or even mm. we might have lost it. Were you surprised to see him come straight into the starting lineup? Because, I mean, over the last few weeks, I think Carlin has possibly staked a claim to start and as a, a couple of people might have suggested that, but I think the way he played, I, I think that showed Mavadidi's possibly a step above Carlin. Yeah, I, and I agree. Um, I think he had to go in. I think Carlin has been unlucky not to get more starts um, because I think he has looked lively. Um, I'd also argue at that I'm surprised Marshall's got as many starts as he has at the moment. Um, kind of trying to play his way into form, which he shows glimpses, but for me he's not doing enough and he's not really suiting the style of play that, that we're doing at the moment. Um, so, I don't know, Carl and Ricky and Steffi maybe would have been a bit more, had a bit more uh, urgency about it. But yeah, Steffi deserved to start, proved it with his goal. Um, and as you said at the start of the show, he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders now because... He seems to be, as Jake said, that that spark we're missing. And he's going to have to perform like that pretty much week in, week out now. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think um, you're right about Mark Marshall, by the way. In, in as much as that, we're certainly not playing the way that uh, that suits him. Mm. No question, because there's a lot more defensive responsibility mm. on him. I mean, he put in a shift up at Wigan that was outstanding, def- mm. but defensively. Um, and uh, yesterday again, he was putting a shift in, covering uh, down that right side. And occasionally, as you say, there was that there was that moment where you thought he's actually, you know, uh, that's that's why we signed him. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's not nearly enough. And I wonder if that's because he's spending so far in our half, uh, helping out the the right back or uh, or coming inside to help out to yeah. keep that midfield nice and narrow. Um, and he's had that serious injury. There's, there's a lot of factors there, I think. And, and also possibly, I think, I mean, if you look at our last really defensive performance, was we going away? Now, Carlin played as a striker in that game. Uh, and I thought he was excellent away at Wigan when there was lots of space I to agree. run into whereas Mark Marshall quite happy to fit into that uh, structure and we, we spoke to Mark after the game yesterday and you'll read that in the South London Press website tomorrow about 7.30 in the morning I, I do feel that maybe just a slightly more experienced in terms of being a defensive player but I think going forward I think Carlin certainly given a lot a lot to offer over the last well, we saw <clears throat> we saw yesterday when Carlin came on uh, Josh went wide he didn't mm. he didn't he yeah. didn't go wide Carlin yeah. so maybe there's a case uh, for uh, you know we're always assuming Josh McGuinness has got to play up front on his own maybe it's the case we'll have to play it on the floor in that case we can't just pump it up long uh, yeah. as we are, as we tend to do now when uh, we're looking for a target man but maybe we've got to play it on the floor that little bit more uh, but if we're going to do that with the midfield three we've currently got and I think I don't think it's possible. We got basically you, you have Marshall, Holmes, and Joe Rebo with a midfield three. We're then uh, assuming Mavadili was supposed to be the number ten behind uh, behind Josh. I'm assuming that's the way it should have been set up. Um, I mean, I mentioned it just now, in, especially in the second half. You had Joe Rebo, uh, Ricky Holmes, and Mark Marshall all alongside mm. Josh McGuinness and Stephen Mavadili. So it was five up front at one point. So when you're trying to build, yeah. the gap in between two is just too big. In the first half, and when we scored the goal in that immediate half hour before it, all three of those players were close, with Jay De Silva as well, doing those little one-twos and little, little balls down the side, and the movement was great. That disappeared in the second half. And I don't know if that's because you panic a little bit and you start worrying about losing uh, and trying desperate to get a second goal. I don't know. Maybe it's just human nature. But the, um, it, what, what worked in the first half hour seemed to, seemed to stop. And yeah. uh, and we didn't do it for the rest of the game. Closely by the return of Patrick Bauer as well. First start since uh, the game against uh, Peterborough. We came back from 2-0 down. And you know, 
slightly more experienced perhaps than, than, than Naby uh, mm. at the back and do, do you think did it show? Yeah I think he had a good performance yeah I think Lennon's looked a little bit shaky as well but again coming off a very long injury layoff and still very young um, so I'm prepared to give him benefit of the doubt um, but yeah I mean when <clears throat> we talked a little bit on Thursday but when we look back at those first two three maybe even four months of the season when we when we were playing well and when we were getting results Pierce and Bauer were pl- pretty much playing week in week out and we obviously saw games like the game up at Rotherham where we were defensively you know, unbelievable. Um, Bauer getting on the score sheet then as well. But then we had games like Oldham away where obviously we conceded a lot of goals but we still had that consistent pairing um, with Solly and the Silver either side of them as well. And since that's had to change through injuries and, and Saar coming in and Lennon coming in it's, and even Konza filling in there occasionally as well, it's just been a bit more shaky and we've conceded goals. And you could see that yesterday, you know, when the entire crowd were trying to encourage them to push out when we were defending free kicks and they weren't they were staying rigid on the edge of the penalty area because they just were too afraid of being letting someone in behind and luckily now that we've held on and we have got that win hopefully now they can start to try and get some of that confidence back and build but yeah having Bauer in that back line does make a big difference no question about it and he, he, he the only time he worries me a little bit is because what he does do very well is read the ball forward and gets in front of the uh, cent, uh, the centre forward or the striker before the ball gets to him he does that very well sometimes he does it when he really shouldn't mm. uh, and ends up getting turned but didn't happen and pulling, often, a shirt. And pulling a shirt <laughs> exactly. um, but uh, I thought um, we needed that especially yesterday you can I'd have been really worried with Nebisar and, and Esri up against two quite physical, tall strikers, mm. which they had yesterday. And I would have would have been concerned that we would have ended up what we did against Blackpool and lost it. But, um, also, should give a comment to Josh McGuinness, who, when he, when he was yeah. called upon, was huge in, the, in, the, in, in, our, I mean, in our own penalty area. Defensively yesterday, McGuinness won so much for us. And I guess, yeah. Whereas he, he's certainly been ineffective at the other end of the pitch. He, he is helping out at the back and... You know, pr- proving his worth in, in in that in that position at least. Um, other, other than Ricky Holmes, is Thunderbolt that hit the crossbar as he tried to recreate his goal up at Boundary Park after <laughs> after three minutes. I think that, that I think that the most exciting thing that happened in that opening twenty five minutes or so was an Oldham sh- fan with his shirt off. I mean, it was it was turgid. Well, we couldn't break through him. I, I saw your tweet about it yesterday and I was going to comment on the radio but I thought people might get sick when you said about his nipples might be playing us on side yeah. uh, which, uh, which fortunately I wasn't eating at the time but funny you weren't eating his nipples <laughs> no, no, I was, no. yeah, I if they'd have been as large as you were expecting them to be I probably could have done yeah. uh, so, so there we were like I say we were struggling to, to break them down I tweeted as much and then within three minutes uh, we were in the lead uh, that superb goal by Steffi Mavadidi. Now, we sort of made a joke on Thursday after we signed him on, on the Charlton Life Twitter page. That, oh, just get him to run through the, every other team every time he gets the ball and we'll just win every game. Well, it's a 100% record so far and, yeah. and, and we knew he's capable of that but this time he's added that finish to it as well and, you know, in terms of a confidence booster for, for the young man to get his first ever a senior goal, I mean, that, that's going to be huge for him now. Yeah, and the, the important thing is now um, that he, he keeps it up. Because as uh, Terry said earlier, he kind of dropped off a bit for the rest of the game. But um, hopefully he can pick it up again next week. But yeah, he made a couple of runs earlier. Obviously, he got the book in for, for diving on, on one run where he looked like he was going to go the whole way. By the way. Put him. That was nonsense. Yeah, I have to say, I thought he was fouled as well. Um, and then that one, as you say, the calmness when the ball came out to him to just wait until his man came too close, burst past him. And then in the box as well, that calm finish. You know, there was loads of space for him to fire it in at that near post. Um, and yeah, it was a great goal, and he's he's still got obviously got a long way to go. But Carl clearly sees something in him and was desperate to get him in in the summer. I know it didn't really work out at Preston, but um, you know that extra drop down maybe at the moment suits him. And 
yeah, he's I'm obviously happy he's here. Um, be, be interesting to know how many game, how much game time he's had in the last since he's been at Preston, because um, that might explain why he dropped off. If he hasn't had a, a decent ninety yeah. minutes in him for for a while, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, in terms of appearances, he had a fair few, but I don't know in terms of whether they they were all off the bench or yeah. not. I haven't really looked that up, so, so I'm not certain. Now, but even then, after that, after that, I mean, I don't, I don't really have many chances written down here in that first half. I mean, they responded with a shot, I think, from Rob Hunt that was cold. So just over pretty quickly after, but then I mean the the game just you know continued in this fairly mundane sort of pattern and it, it, like we say like we said the top of the show it really wasn't a classic. Was they it? had two big chances in the second half, which uh, which uh, Ben Amos had to deal with, mm. um, and if they'd have had a bit more quality, uh, not not just not discounting what Ben Amos did, he made himself big and stopped uh, and put and blo- got the blocks in, but you think if they had a bit more quality. In that uh, in that striker position, they might have done us a bit more damage, mm. and who knows what could have happened. But then on the other end, um, after they opened up a little bit in that last sort of 10, 10 15 minutes, we we actually had two or three more good chances mm. um, with Carlin as well. So um, I think, yeah, it's a game. I mean, it's an old cliche, isn't it? but it's, it's a win. You know what I mean? And later on, we won't care. Yeah, I mean that is the equivalent of a striker needing to score and it goes in off his backside. That is, that is a scrappy old win, and, and you take it anyway, any which way it comes. Uh, Valley Floyd Fred says, "I really like Marshall. Don't think he deserves the stick he's getting. He needs a goal, I think, but he works so hard. Now, I don't think you can question his work rate no, whatsoever. No. I think he's a victim of his own success against us. Do you know what I mean? People were yeah. expecting something else, and and he's having to fit into our style rather than the other way around, perhaps. But uh, uh, no, I don't. Well, I don't agree with any of the stick he's getting. He's uh, He's not done, I think, going forward what we'd like him to do and what we've seen him do and what we know he's capable of doing. Uh, but maybe that's a, a combination of issues, as we said earlier. I think it is that last point. That it's, it's what he's capable of doing. And you see him get to the byline and he'll check back in or he won't get the cross in. And, and we know that he can do it and we know he's got it in him. And whether it is you know, the, the system, whether it is coming back from the injury, whatever it is, maybe just a lack of confidence, he's not doing that at the moment. By um, the way, a really nice man. <laughs> oh yeah, genuinely nice. Came in for, for to do the a press conference yesterday after the game, and then was happily chatting away afterwards yeah. as well. Oh, really nice it's, it's really, uh, uh, even when one of my questions was a bit not, not a horrible way, but I I saw we were talking about Carl uh, and he's uh, I said he's like a kid who's just had Christmas cancelled <laughs> with uh, with the transfer window coming up, and 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 Mark was like, you know, this is nothing about your question, but I, I like to focus on the positives, and he's a very positive person. Uh, which which is good to see. Um, half time yesterday. Always delighted to see the crossbar being here on the crossbar that's challenge. Nice. So six and a half grand. That always cheers you up, even though I'm not going to see a penny of that money. That's the highlight of yesterday. That's where the, <laughs> that's where the transfer funds go. <laughs> yeah. well, I think I think it was Ray Bates. I saw tweeted yesterday that uh, Ro- the, yeah Roland's uh, delaying the sale now because he wants another six and a half grand on the sale <laughs> price to repay that that crossbar challenge. Now start the second half. Now this is off. I thought Aaron Holloway up top for them was just a little bit of a thorn in our side at times yesterday, and he put. Uh, Patrick Bauer under a little bit of pressure at the start of the uh, of the second half, and now I think Bauer's been much improved this season. But there has been a couple of times over the years where I thought per, a couple of personal duels, his positioning, and may, maybe he's battling, he's, he's missed out on a couple of times. And I think that happened early yesterday, and Ben Amos sort of dug him out of a bit of a holder. I think it came from a back header from Mavadidi, possibly, but possibly yeah. got away with one there. Yeah, I think so. And and we st- definitely in recent games we've. St- come out a bit sluggish at the start of the second half and I didn't think yesterday was much different um, and yeah with them a goal down they you know they're going to have a little bit more impetus to, to go for it um, and you're right that is where Bauer falls down um, as I say I, I said earlier I think him and him and Pierce in an ideal world would be starting and, and I you know I have less concerns about him than some of the others let's say um, but yeah Holloway he played well 
to, to be honest, in, in a fairly poor side and a side that didn't create a huge amount of chances. And they did, it just had that feel. And because, you know, like the the Portsmouth game, the, the uh, Blackpool game, we've had plenty of others here through the season. When you see them start to get a little bit further on top in that second half, you think, right, here we go, that we're going to concede again. Um, but luckily, because they were so bad, it, it didn't work out and we, we managed to hold on. Mm. Now, uh, there was a couple of times we saw uh, a Ricky Holmes goal-bound shot that was blocked by Josh McGuinness, who was uh, in an off- offside uh, position anyway. And you see that, you think, oh dear. But, um, you know, just, that just, that's pretty much how it's going. That's the opposite a, of a goal off your back. Yeah, yeah, that's Blocking pretty much one. how it's going for Josh in front of goal at the moment. He's stopping other players scoring uh, in that particular <laughs> case. But uh, And then Ricky had another one, which uh, I thought it was a, a cross, where the left-footed one, the, the keeper ended up tapping wide. But maybe it's just the angle I was at, I couldn't see that what Ricky was trying to keeper do. Made a lot of it. I have yeah. to say, I think it looked like a shot, but it hit. It was very soft, mm. and the keeper made it. <coughs> big, a lot big fan of the Oldham goalkeeper, by the way. The only goalkeeper I've ever seen booked for time wasting whilst losing <laughs> one nil. That's bizarre. That was, that was, that was, Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> I think what he was trying to do was he wanted to wait to get his injured get teammates back onto the pitch. Well. But yeah, genuinely the first time I've ever seen a goalkeeper booked for time wasting when there are eleven minutes left in a one nil uh, defeat. But you know that's a that, that's a sort of. Uh, uh, Maverick we like to see here down at the valley <laughs> uh, so in the uh, last 10 minutes that's when it did really sort of open up and that's where I perhaps w- would have been the most exciting period of the game if mm. you're a neutral uh, who's come to watch it and again Amos uh, was there uh, to deny Holloway now the cross came in Holloway turned quite nicely actually on the ball I think it was Lennon he turned and, and Amos was there to to make a big save and I, I thought I might mention this because I was thinking about this yesterday but you remember the start of the season when a lot of people were very nervous about Ben Amos. I haven't heard a word of that for no. a long time because he's Quite been very so, good. By the way. Yeah. Quite rightly so, because uh, I think the first couple of games, I think there was a, there was that sort of looked like a nervous edge. Yeah. But when you consider that what the, the, the defence in front of him has changed almost weekly, uh, yeah, he still uh, he still managed to to, to pull off. Uh, save after save I, I think he's been one of our best players yeah he definitely was yesterday those saves you know shouldn't go unnoticed and I think I mentioned it on the show before but when we were up at Rotherham in the warm up he let one go through his arms and into the net and a fan sort of joked with him and he turned around and said oh it's better to get it out of the yeah, way now than in the yeah. game <laughs> and, um, and then we obviously went on to keep a clean sheet up there mm. um, and yeah since then I mean we interviewed him didn't we after Bradford was yeah. it and, and, well, yeah. he, he won us two points that yeah. game because he made two amazing saves yeah. in, in that second half of Bradford and I was thinking the amount of times he's won us points mm. now this season whereas you know, like I say, at the start of the season, we were we were nervous because we yeah. heard, especially because we'd heard stories about his yeah. time at Cardiff as well. And uh, but he's, I think he's been superb. He's been brilliant. For the last few weeks, even and things like just corners at the end of games. Like I know we have conceded a few late goals, but with him, you expect him to come out and make those big claims, and he does it. As Tell said, when the the striker broke through yesterday, he kept himself so big and didn't go down easy, and, and made a big save again. And he. I don't know necessarily exactly how many points he saved us, but he's been a massive part of the success. It's funny, though, that um, the game that I didn't commentate on, uh, on the 23rd, Blackpool. the Blackpool game, I, when they scored the equaliser, my instant reaction, though, was, oh, Ben should have come for that. Because my, I was in the lower covered end, uh, so fairly low rake onto the pitch, uh, so the view wasn't what I normally have yeah. in the middle of the West. So uh, I thought, oh, Ben should have come and claimed that. Surely that was in and around a six-yard box. It wasn't until I watched it later on the yeah. telly that I realised, no, it's miles away. There's no way he was getting yeah. there, even if it had come. So it's 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 strange what perceptions you get in different mm, positions of yeah. the ground. That's so, one way of saying you don't know what you're talking well, about. No, yeah, well, no, well, that's normal anyway. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is if people who uh, are in that lower part of the government and, and get the same sort of view, that might be their reaction as well, first off. 
And so mm. that might be why uh, sometimes it's not quite as clear as it, as it otherwise should be. Yeah, so then uh, from, I think it's from the resulting corner that the ball fell loose. I think it was to Holloway again, and he fired it at goal, and it got cleared from near the line. And then Charlton had three huge chances to finish it off. Uh, Carlin Ahern Grant, uh, I think Marshall had one, and Jackson in injury time all came really close. And so gutted they didn't get that because... Our, uh, our uh, Charlton Live uh, cashy back bet this week, uh, which would have won money for the upbeats, was Mavadidi to score first and Charlton to win 2-0. So this Ooh. is closest we've come to it would have won about £100 for the upbeats. But sadly, Jack, should pay it, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't yeah. miss that. Skipper, that should yeah. have been a goal. Yeah. So sad, sadly, it wasn't to be. But like we say, the, the final whistle goes three points. It's very strange feeling at, around the ground at full time. I was, I mean, I, I gave it a little fist pump when the final whistle went. Then you look around, it's very quiet, and especially when we got into the post-match interviews as well. But it's just a strange feeling. It didn't feel like our first win in nine, really, did it? Well, the nature of the win probably didn't help. If we'd have if we'd have steamrolled them four or five nil, it might have been better. Mm. But uh, yeah, the nature, it was more um, relief than victory. I think the the overriding feeling. Even the tunnel jump at the end had a bit of a flat yeah. flat squib about it. Uh, but fair play to Jada Silver for doing it. Although didn't Mark Marshall come out as well? He there was came two out. Marshall, well. yeah, tried to steal. Uh, well, Jada Silver's not very tall as well, <laughs> so I guess he was worried <laughs> that if he, even up. if he jumped, he might not have seen him. <laughs> uh, so so Marshall joined in. So uh, maybe that wouldn't have helped. But yeah, you're right. It was a it was mm. a very strange atmosphere. Mm. I think there's just so much going on. Yeah. Which I'm sure we're going to talk about in the rest of the show that I think a lot of people's concerns aren't necessarily focused on the pitch at the moment anyway. Uh, uh, Freddie said uh, other than Clark and Fosu Amos is up there with one of the best signings of the summer an incredible man he's so uh, focused as well he's very down to earth as well mm. I think he's very, he's very level uh, which I think is probably good to see for a, for a goalkeeper. Now on tonight's show we're going to hear from Carl Robinson twice uh, the reason being uh, I'll I, I get to do the. I was in the tunnel. I did the first interview with him not long after the game, maybe twenty minutes after the game maximum, and he was in a very uh, deflated mood despite the fact we won one 0 And we're going to hear from that later because he touches a lot on the situation around the club as a whole. Uh, by the time he came to speak to Terry, he'd also done a couple of other interviews since then. So I think he calmed down, and it was mainly talking about the match. Uh, so we will hear that now. But he does sort of touch on the, the transfer stuff as well, which is important because that is going to play a big part. Uh, in the rest of tonight's show, but this is what Carl Robinson had to say to Terry after yesterday's one 0 win over Oldham. Well, after uh, a one 0 victory at home here, how are you thinking, else? <laughs> Hanging on a bit towards the end. It's quite calm in some ways because it's almost like, well, let's. When Jacko went on, we looked we looked very calm. Obviously, but one thing, young Joe Rebo, young Carlon, young Steffi, Jada Silva, uh, as but a really young team, Harry Lennon. So you see that a little bit in our nerves. Um, and one thing Jacko did, he, he just brings on a little bit more of a, a calmness. Understandable enough, though, we've gone a fair few without a win, so you can understand uh, a little bit akin to the, to the Portsmouth game where we're so desperate for the three points that by human nature you're going to drop I deep, said right? that, yeah, but it's so naturally that we drop deep as well, but it's naturally that fans get frustrated because you've got two sets of people that care so much and then the fear, for, fear factor steps in, and that's certainly what it was today. But uh, delighted for Steffi. I mean, it's been a frustrating... I actually asked you the other day, and, and you correctly said no, because I said, was this, I think, uh, the, the worst period you'd had as a chart manager? You, you rightly said no because of last <laughs> season. But uh, probably what I meant to say, and in hindsight I should have said, is frustrating because you can it's see... It's the most the frustrating I've had. Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Um, because you're looking still to come back. The likes of Piercy, Pat's not fit. Souls is still going to get back. Jake Forster-Kasky, um, Tariq Foster is still got to come back. And then we need to bring in two or three others to support that. Um, so, yeah, because I know how good we can be. And But maybe just sort of scrappy results like we did today. 
that can be something that can really turn the turn the tide a little bit. And one of the one person you did bring uh, into the club and back to the club, Steffi Mavrides, yeah, uh, started as he finished. Really, I thought he was exceptional when he was here last time. And you know, in the second half, he went through and he got pushed. And it almost replicated the injury that he had on the wrong, on the other, but on the other side in some ways. And we all looked at each other and sort of smiled. <laughs> um, but listen, we've got to we've got to we've got to bring him back in slowly. But he's certainly one that, that can that can tear defenses inside out. And he's seen the goal that he scored today. Is just a, a wonderful goal. Um, but the, but the, the play underneath that was very good. It was hard today because when they dropped into the into the banks, it was difficult to break down. Obviously, people get frustrated about you having to go back around and across. We need to get across the pitch a little bit quicker, yeah. But then every time we got frustrated, and we we tried to play a straight pass into where they they flooded the zone, and then we give it away, and um, because we sort of got carried away with the emotion of it, we need to be patient and we need to just get teams out. Every time we were patient, we pierced them. Um, so we need to learn to play under that pressure, and that's something we've got to learn as well. And maybe with bodies back, that's uh, that's an easier thing to do when you've got uh, um, a settled team. Exactly that, yeah, and especially the settled back four. Although I have to say, Harry Lennon again, uh, only what third game back is uh, is pretty. Yeah, that's a big worry to us because he's not played for fourteen months, and we're playing him week in week out, ninety minutes. That's a very difficult place for him to be. It's half your job uh, watching the side at the moment, uh, looking to win matches, but then also looking to make sure that uh, you've got a fit, a fit side by the end of it. Because every time one goes down, it must be horrendous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's uh, listen, it's, 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 it's the thrills and spills of being a manager. Um, I'm really pleased with the fans and the players today. They they show a tremendous fight. Um, we weren't our classy self, obviously, um, but we we will learn to, and we'll get better. For Ezra's exceptional playing right back. And Josh McGuinness defensively today was as good as a good of the performance from a, a striker helping out his defence come off the hour in some ways. He puts his goal score onto one side, Josh, for the team. And that sometimes goes a, a miss. We talk about the goals and frustrations with that. But he made four or five headers today that were sensational and he made two blocks with his body which were, which were top, top draw. And sometimes that's more important than a goal when we're, when we're trying to get ourselves out of this little bit of a rut that we're in. Uh, and uh, d- needed to defend well because uh, they're a physical unit, especially up front, and so balls into the box were always going to yeah, be Craig a, a trouble. Yeah, Craig and, and uh, a, a threat, obviously. They've lost Doyle, which was someone obviously we were looking at, and he's now for three months, which is a bit of a loss, not only to them, but equally big enough for us. We probably would have tried to get the player. Um, that's a bit of a disappointment to us. Um, but where we sit right now, we can't do any trading, as everybody knows. We've got to wait and see what happens above us, um, and that's a difficult place for me to be. The transfer window doesn't prolong itself just because you want it to stop. Indeed. Every minute that passes that we wait, a day goes amiss. And other teams potentially get stronger, which is uh, frustrating. Well, this is, yeah, we've, we've had two players that we were going to get that have gone. Well, nerves, anxiousness and uh, and um, uh, frustrations aside, it's three points and uh, a little bit closer to the playoffs. So not a bad afternoon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Chip ball, look at the run of Fosu, who's onside Fosu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fosu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season and Charlton's first of the evening and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium. Oh, I've not got a cap, but if I had a cat I'd be kicking it all over my house tonight. Welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Reddit. It was Carl Robinson speaking to Terry after yesterday's 1-0 win over Oldham. Now, at the very end there, he started to touch on, of course, the 
transfer issues here at the club. Yeah, it was almost like he he, start, he started to talk about it and then quite realised what he might might be saying. <laughs> and so the next week came in, he was like, yeah, thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a strange one because it's not like he's been afraid to say it. I, I, I do think he believes that Charlton Live is some sort of official club channel, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, because, I agree. Well, I think it's because yeah. uh, he sees me a lot. Yeah, in an official club. Yeah, exactly. So it thinks that I am, even though I'm not. Yeah, and so when well, I when I'm in when I'm yeah, when I'm in here, yeah, exactly. The part of the part of the uh, part of the problem. Belgian mafia. Yeah. <laughs> When I so when I'm in here afterwards, and of course I've still got the uh, the Charlton T-shirt on, which they asked me to wear, then um, I, uh, I he probably thinks that yeah I'm part of the uh, the club um, uh, radio as it were. Mm. Uh, I so mean, he's not always as forthcoming as he might be elsewhere. Yeah. Now, of course, um, just bef- like he, he did talk about the game, a special mention there for Josh McGuinness as well. He, he talked about his, his defensive work. He talked about you know I, I think he admits it's not it's not the, the best performance we've ever seen, but you know overall he has to be satisfied at least to. Get out of that rut at least, because I mean, the longer that went on, the, the the less chance we had of scraping something out of this season. Absolutely, and he said on Thursday, "Look, if we win this game, we're a point or two off the playoffs, and that's what we've gone and done." And he's got to look for any positive that he can. And I know he's not not coming across as too positive in in interviews that he's been doing recently, and there's a number of reasons behind that. But whatever's going on, he's responsible for keeping this team ticking over because everything else that's going on behind the scenes can't. You know, master the fact that we're a football club and we have to play a game every seven days, sometimes two in a week. So he's got to focus on that. He's got to get us to keep playing games because although on Thursday we suggested that if we can't get signings this season might well be a write-off, he can't think like that. He's got to keep pushing until the very last day that of the season. I mean, um, I mean you say he can't think like that. I mean, he does He does think like that. If it, it feels like to me. I just don't know if... players think Yeah, I just don't know if over the last couple of weeks, or the last, not even a couple of weeks, ever since Thursday, I think he's, he's sort mm. of projected that he does possibly feel like that. Now, and may, maybe I'm speaking out of turn there, but let's listen to what Carl said after yesterday's uh, game to me as well, because... Like I say, that was this was not what he feels is more of an official club channel. This was a, a media, BBC Radio London interview where I don't know if he just felt he could let a little bit more go. So this is what Carl said to me after yesterday's game. It's a great result. It's, well, that's all it is. Honestly, I think we're papering over cracks, over things behind the scenes at the moment. That's that's not beat around the bush. But in January, we need to bring players in. We talked about him and that results left Charlton one point outside the playoff places now. But as well, you said on Thursday, yeah, but I, I was saying this in the, in the middle of December. This is something that we need to do, um, and we've known for a few weeks. And it's almost like, well, everyone sort of accepted it. I'm not going to accept it. Um, I really, really love being here, and I know the players. You can see by, yeah, we weren't there technically today, far from that, but we were certainly there in heart. Um, I think every player put left the body on the pitch. Um, and you could see that in the in the way at the end. And I said, Marshy, you don't you don't see wingers working that hard anywhere up and down the country. And Ricky Holmes, um, Steffi, obviously, it just shows how important bringing in fresh players is. It gives you a, an impetus and a and a, foot, and a front foot. Uh, young Joe Reba a little bit off it from where he's been. Um, you've got you've got Pat there with vomit and half time. You've got Len who's been out for fourteen months, who shouldn't really be playing. Nabby's injured. Pierce is injured. Souls is injured. We need to find consistency in what we're trying to do. I don't mean to put a negative spin on a great result. The players were outstanding in their endeavour today, and the fans were exceptional in the support of the players. But I'm, I'm a little bit sort of. He's, uh, he's I just... the fact said to me, "Walking off, are you okay?" Like, yeah, I'm okay, but I care. Um, and I think this football club can be successful this year still. And uh, that's something that matters my job. So I've got to moan and put things and put things, uh, things. Well, I'm willing to do that. Have you had any further update on the takeover as well? We asked you no, in January. No, absolutely nothing. No, nothing. 
and that's why you're so disappointed at the moment, I guess. Yeah, well, because obviously we, we've lost uh, in some ways where where I go to to get deals done at the moment. I'm speaking to agents. I'm I'm doing every every job, and my staff from Lee Bowyer to Jacko to Steve Callan. We're sort of doing three or four jobs more than we are. We're not leaving the training grounds at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night and getting in for 7.30. Um, and that's just what we're trying to do at the moment. It's just one thing after another. But I, I care so much and I, I'm sort of trying my best and my staff are trying their best and the players who we have here are still fit are trying their best and the fans are still getting behind us. OK, today at 1-0, it was hard being a fan because there was frustration and the fear was creeping into the place and, and, and that's what happens when you go on a, a results like that. Everybody works so hard behind the scenes and I've said this before, if you're going to take over a club, take this club over, trust me. The infrastructure here is, is here, the players are here, they need building on, they need coaching, they need developing, they need more help. Um, the fan base is here, the area is ready to go again. Um, what a great moment to take over a club and um, I've said this a number of times, this, the owner said he's selling it, so come on, step forward and get behind this club and Come and come and guide something to a bit of success because it's it's long awaited, um, and 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 hopefully the the club someday, and regardless whether I'm here or not, that's a relative. That's that's that doesn't matter. It's about the the people who come in and where we go from here. The stability that the football clubs needs, the 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 work ethic, the desire, finance, everything that goes with it. Some mascots here from yesterday uh, before the game. But as we said, so Carl Robinson there speaking about the. Uh, the takeover, even even in uh, leaving us, he's still making it difficult, isn't he? Old, old Roly boy, uh, you know that he's confirmed the club is up for sale. He's confirmed he's in negotiations with however many parties. There's all sorts of rumours flying about about who these parties are, whether one of them's pulled out or not. I, I don't know these things, but all these different rumours fly around and people put them out there. Um, but the, the crux of the matter is right here, right now, we're seeing a dran- January transfer window where we know we're not going to buy anyone. I mean, it, I don't know if I actually if, it, if I kept it in that clip, but I tried to ask Carl about Steffi Mavadidi yesterday, just about his performance. He went straight away on, well, no, no, well, you know, that was agreed before Christmas, so they couldn't they couldn't revoke that one. So obviously, Carl felt like he's done some work. He mentioned it there. He's done some work. It's gone to waste on players who've now gone elsewhere. And he's seen his chance, what he feels his chance of getting a, you know, to plug these injury filled holes, his chances going away. I'd imagine the Mavadidi one was was decided and settled because we knew that Joe Doddy was going back. So therefore, the funds. Um, I could replace him. Too. Well, yeah, I can't see on the bench. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so you know, in terms of bodies, and I, I, I suspect whatever financial um, arrangements uh, happened because of it were were settled because of that. Uh, we're talking about. Um, what Carl wants six new bodies completely to add to the squad without getting rid of anybody and uh, with all due respect I know that um, the reasons are there because of what's happening currently there is takeovers apparently imminent or or happening Uh, are we sure that that would have happened anyway really no exactly (laughs) when did it happen before in the last four years I guess the only The only possible slight difference, and whether it would have proved to have been, we'll never know, is uh, that that story that we've heard a couple of times, well, if we're doing well in January, then we'll take the gamble, which we heard under Bob Peters, but we're in the relegation zone pretty much. True, and, yeah, but... Um, whether that would have been, whether that happened, would have been proved to have what's been true, we don't know. But, yeah. What's happened in previous seasons? We've uh, lost um, Gomez, we lost Luckman. You know almost certainly, if, if, if things would have been... If the equilibrium would have stayed where it was, almost certainly... Uh, Ezri Konza would be out the door, mm. almost certainly. 
uh, and then if then we, we had any no, fun, no money in return, and then a few loan signings in yeah. potentially, and so back to square one. That you know, I don't know if that would have been would have happened. Maybe that I'm, I'm being um, being harsh, and maybe if uh, if there wasn't a takeover, in, we would have signed six players. I don't know, but. Uh, past history tells you it it's wasn't, wasn't necessarily likely. Yeah. I mean, you can see the frustration though from Carl coming through oh, yeah. through there, Tom. And uh, I mean, uh, do, do you think valid? I mean, I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it now. I mean, what he said in in public on record to 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 you know interviews, press conferences, what's whatnot. What he's alleged to have said to fans yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you if if listeners would have seen this thread on on the forum now. Uh, you take you take stuff that goes on the forum with a pinch of salt, but I mean. The, the, a couple of people have said they, they've heard that this, this conversation happened and we know Carl's spoken to fans in car parks before I mean the, the, the day he joined us when we were at Bristol Rovers he spoke to a friend of mine actually uh, and, and, and leaked some stuff so whether he said fully he, he implied that he was quite upset and now whether he used the exact words that he said it might have been a bit I mean, someone put the link on the forum today, and I thought it. I'd thought it before that is when David Brent's trying to pretend he was going to slag the Swindon lot off. I mean, he may have slightly overegged what he said, but the sentiment would have been there, and he, he must know that if he did say if he did say that, and he did say it in public, then it's going to end up on Twitter, on the forum, and whatnot. So he, he's certainly getting his side of the story that he's fighting for the club against Roland now, and now. Many people will point out that's not how it's been for the last few months. Mm. He's been trying to defend Katrine and Roland, you know, because you know, that's his boss. But now, now it's obvious that Roland's going. He certainly seems to be aligning himself more with the fan point of view on that side of the battle. There's, yeah, there's such a huge amount to pick out from from what could or is alleged to have been said. Um, I think, look, he's. I would say he's always claimed to be very open and honest since he's been here. Um, I saw someone say, look, you can't criticise managers. What we've had, our criticism for the last three years has been that we've had no word from the club and now we have. But obviously this is a bit more of an unofficial word, if you like, from Cole. But yeah, he, he's obviously in a very difficult position. It, it must, you know, he's uh, if what he said is to be believed, he's going out, he's meeting agents, he's getting everything set up to the point where he can go to his, his board and say, right, let's sort out this player. And that, that last stage can't happen. So does he just ignore it and not bother doing any of that uh, and then risk a takeover where we haven't got anyone lined up? So he's in a very difficult place. Um, he's obviously frustrated. He, Yeah, he does seem to be getting on the side of fans. I don't know where that leaves him. Um, and that, again, depends on the takeover. But he's made it clear in recent weeks that he thinks he'll be off if a takeover does happen. Um, so it's all just, there's just so much going on. You've got Roland, is he selling, is he not? You've got Carl, does he want to be here, does he not? Are we players, are we getting them, are we not? There's just... It's such a manic month and I think we've all said it, we're just in such a state of limbo at the moment and we just need something to happen so that everyone knows what, what their position is. That includes Carl, that includes the players that are here, the players that do or don't want to come here, the owner, the fans, everything. Because at the moment, we, yes, we've picked up a result yesterday and we might pick up another couple in the next few weeks, but we just don't really know what's happening with the club. Right, let's get on to the correspondence because we've got absolutely loads of it this evening and we're really grateful that uh, you guys want to join in with the show. If you still have, want to have your say, you can email us studio at chatwinlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at chatwinlive or you can go over to the Chatwin Live forum uh, where I am Dan has said uh, hello this evening. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show, Dan. Uh, so let's uh, have a look. The first one is from James. Uh, tweeted this uh, yesterday. He said, Cashy was poor today. If he doesn't go sideways or backwards, his passes don't hit a red shirt. Four or five long balls in the first half wasted. Other players were guilty of this. 
but he was the worst and when he is supposed to be a playmaker he needs to be much better every player out there today are decent in their own right but don't play as a team Josh McGuinness needs a rest he was better today but I'd like to see something different and two up front today would have been a much better option those 11 players to start today should have torn them apart now the first, I mean the first one's about cashing I think someone else might have mentioned it earlier on the show I mean uh, is he is he a playmaker for me he's more of the defensive <laughs> midfielder who's going to win the ball and then give it to I mean Forster Kasky's not playing at the moment but the likes of a Rebo to get forward I really. think you just hit the nail on the head there Forster Kasky wasn't playing and he's normally a lot closer to Akmeke Akmeke is the sort of player that's there for a three three or four yard pass and then gives a three or four yard pass yesterday he was trying to, he was trying to force it and I've not seen him try those sort of 30 yard crossfield balls much at all. So the fact that he was trying them, I think, spoke volumes for the fact that there was nothing in front of him to give it to, as I mentioned earlier. The, the gap was too big. So he was having to go long. And that's not his game. He's, he's somebody who's always available, always there, always there for the short pass, gives it simple, and then goes and gets it again if necessary. He's, he's that sort of link between everybody. And he shouldn't be doing the 40 yard passing. And, and, and the comment's correct because he was giving the ball away, because he was doing that, when mainly because he didn't have anybody close enough in front of him to give the ball to. Other than the first half hour, so the first half hour I think he did, because you had a lot more movement, you had Mavadidi, Holmes, and, and everybody coming shorter and, and playing off each other, and that seemed to stop after pretty much all we scored, or not long after, anyway. Mm. And then, I mean, uh, James also mentioned in his second tweet there about the two up front. I mean, this is certainly something that we've heard a hell of a lot of from fans over the last few weeks. I mean... Thoughts on that? We know it's not Carl's favoured uh, formation, but he did w- w- did play in the second half, I think, against Gillingham, where in that second half we looked much better because the first half was an absolute shambles <laughs> against Gillingham. I think there are times and places to do it. Um, and, yeah, I think he needs to have a little bit more flexibility in doing it. I th- actually think yesterday when, when Carlin came on and went up top on his own with Josh out wide, that still worked OK. And I think the difficulty we had yesterday was nothing to do with the formation. It was, uh, as Tell said earlier, the fact that Oldham got those two banks very very tight to each other we if anything had too many people higher up the pitch and actually what we needed was somebody to drop back into that Jake Forster Kasky role and pick up the ball in in the centre circle and then look for options so uh, I think 4-4-2 does need to be played more often than than we've played it so far this season but it needs to be the right time Um, so yeah he needs to be a little bit more flexible but we've seen how stubborn he's been and he's tried it that once but I, I don't know how much we'll see it through the rest of the season really. F. James tweeted in uh, this this afternoon and said, Yesterday's result was great. I'm not happy to hear that Carl Robinson could be replaced, though. A throwback to when some Charlton fans had had enough of the Premier League safety with curse. For goodness sake, don't let uh, this mistake resurface. Now, I mean, uh, it's something that we've talked about. Carl talks about it himself. Takeovers often bring changes of managers. And now, so therefore, what is playing out now is one big, long job interview. And if his job interview was based on the last eight games results-wise, I mean, uh, any new owner might be, be very tempted to, to just wield the axe. Now, obviously, we got that win yesterday. He started, like I say, he started realigning himself now quite vocally with uh, with New Charlton, if you want, getting ready to to try and join with the fans, uh, some some people would say. I mean, what happens when the takeover goes through? Does he does he get a chance? Does he get taken out straight away? It, uh, we're clutching at straws here because none of us know, but we're... It, a lot maybe depends, and I don't know if, how much he knows. That's the other thing. Does he know who's coming or who's potentially going to buy? I, I don't think anyone does. It, I don't it, think even Roland no, does so at the moment. It, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. So if he doesn't know, then uh, he's naturally assuming that people who come in will uh, uh, will want everybody new and so replace from top to bottom. Uh, that doesn't always happen. I mean, it didn't happen when Roland came in. It, it happened eventually, of course. But uh, Chrissy Powell stayed for a little while. So... Uh, maybe he's also hoping, just in case, uh, that uh, that the new owners, whoever they are, uh, will wait and see first. 
So that's why I think he's hedging his bets a little bit. Mm. But he's right, of course. Normally speaking, new owners, it'll be new everything. Uh, uh, whether he's heard anything in the background, who knows. Yeah, James Cor, uh talking about Carl Robinson, said he had nothing but praise for Roland and Katrine when he first joined the club. Your choice to join the circus that runs our club, uh, Robinson. Now, I mean, I, I, if you look at clubs that have been, you know, in turmoil over the last few years, so, you know, people will look at Leighton Orient, people will look at uh, Blackpool, people obviously look at Charlton Athletic as well as one of these clubs that stands out as one of these chaotic clubs, Leeds United, another one up until uh, Cellino left a few years ago. Now, I mean, players go and play for these teams, managers go and manage these teams. I mean, football managers' jobs, there's 92 of them in the country. There's not a million of them. And, and, you know, as much as we love to believe that football managers and football players are doing it for the shirt, as much as they even say it, as much as we'd hate... You know, Dean Kiley joined Crystal Palace this week. A job's a job. And uh, no manager's going to turn down... You know, a job is still a big club. I mean, he knew what was going on in the background, for sure. Uh, but every manager, I think, is a bit cocky. A, a cocky yeah. enough to think I can go in and change it, or, B, it or exactly. B, cocky That's enough to think, That's, you know what? Yeah. I, I'd quite like that. I'd quite like <laughs> another year's uh, employment here. So you, I'm just going to go and take any job anyway. You don't be. A, you can't be a manager unless you've got a bit of an ego about you. I don't think you can do the job unless you've got that little bit of an ego about you that says you. I'm capable of doing this better than anybody else. Mm. Uh, and to a certain extent, it might be you can't be a footballer for the same reason. So I um, certainly would have looked at it and thought. Yeah, I know it's a bit a bit chaotic, but bear in mind what I've been in for the last ten years or however many however long he was at MK Dons. I'm used to that sort of nonsense. I could be the one that turns this around, and my CV is going to look absolutely amazing because of it. And so the, I'm sure there's a part. Of, the part public of that. eyes on that club a little bit more, isn't it? As well. So if you're the you're the manager that turns that around, you're or even if you're not, you're in the public eye a lot more. So look at Riga when he then went. To, okay, Blackpool was another basket case of a club, but he was a manager that was in the press a lot because. And by the way, I, you know, um, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, Carl. Uh, I, I actually have warmed to him, and I, and I don't think he's done a better job at all. Mm. And, all right, we can sit here and say, well, we should. Do we play four four two occasionally? And yes, I think we should. Do we play this player occasionally in that position and not that position? Yeah, we've all got opinions on that. I think generally for the position we're in, I think he's done a pretty good job. Mm. Well, they called me Lou yesterday. Well, that yeah, is the yeah, death yeah. now because yeah. Russell Slade got sacked about three days <laughs> after calling me Lou. So very worried about that. Now this next one comes in from Reese. Uh, so certainly not a great performance, but the most important thing is we ended the poor, winless run, so I'm delighted with the result. Performance certainly wasn't encouraging, though, and I think against any team a bit higher in the league or on a better run of form, uh, we wouldn't have got away with that. Bauer, I thought, was excellent, and yesterday showed how much we missed him. He's certainly better and a lot more calmer than Lennon and Saar. Uh, Amos made two or three key saves, which I think went a bit unappreciated and fantastic. See, Mavadidi can still go on fantastic runs and finish uh, two have to push on from now uh, with two very winnable games away at Berry, who haven't scored or got a point from their last six games, then at home to Walsall, who are also on bad form. You've just—I uh, mean, people moan at me about doing my stats, <laughs> Reece. You've just—you've—you've—you've uh, you've, 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 uh, really done it there with uh, Berry not scoring or, or getting a point in the last six games. He goes uh, win those, and they're. Uh, then there'll uh, be a lot more optimism. Still can't say I feel any more optimistic about playoffs than I did before yesterday's game. Uh, and I can't see us going up without signing a fair few more players. I mean, if you look at the league table, it's very much a battle for sixth now, which is quite scary. And before yesterday's game, I think we were 11 points or fifth, which I was shocked when I actually looked at that table and realised the gap between us and a position that we were quite comfortably in, what felt like about three weeks ago. But it must have been slightly longer, but... Shocking. But having said that, that also shows that there's the potential for it to change around the other way. Because if we're that far off it now, then you know results need to go our way for three or four weeks, and it will be back the other way. Um, 
considering the run of form we've been on, when you look at the results since November, to still be where we are is, is we're pretty fortunate to have Absolutely. done it. Um, look, we've got got that win, and it's important that that doesn't stand alone in another poor run of form. We need to back that up with a few more wins, and if we can, we've still got that one game in hand against Shrewsbury. We've obviously now got a cup replay as well to think about. So, you know, there there is the chance with that that we could be three or four points off off fifth. Is that still brilliant? No, but I have to agree with Tell. Considering everything that's going on, to be where we are is is not bad, really. Considering what we've had to put up with this season and. Who knows, if we have a, a back end of the season like we started the first couple of months, then we, we could definitely be close to, to fifth or fourth or somewhere you know a bit more secure in the playoffs. But there's there's still a long way to go. It, it does depend what happens in January, not only with transfers, but with just the whole ownership of the club. But um, yeah, I don't think we're, we're that far away from being that side. And we've obviously got people starting to get back fit now. I know Solly's on his way back and Fosu, it looks like, who was obviously probably the best player for us for the first eight, nine, ten weeks of the season. So, yeah, perhaps perhaps we're turning a corner, but but it is just one win and it was a, still a poor performance. McGuinness Miss uh, tweets in saying, not our best performance, actually, maybe our worst of the season. Bright sparks over Mavadidi and Bowie. Yeah, I thought Lennon was poor, sadly. Some observations on Robertson. Are we really still playing 4-2-3-1? It relies too much on backwards passing then it rates McGuinness somehow I don't see it uh, I thought Oldham was shocking seriously missing Doyle up top I mean speaking to Oldham people yesterday I mean I think they've lost three or four lone players I mean, four four yeah. went back and Owen Doyle in particular was I think third or fourth top scorer in League One but he's, he's had a some sort of clot or something yeah. I don't really understand the sure, I think both of their top scorers have gone yeah because they, yeah, they had someone else who was about sixth or seventh mm. as well which I was surprised to see <laughs> those two must have scored literally every goal they've scored this season uh, uh, McGuinness Miss continues hopefully new owners in by the weekend otherwise I can see attendances dwindling and that's all uh, really I mean I'd love to see new owners in by the weekend as well I'm sure Carl would if you if you ask yeah, him yeah. but uh, whether that's going to be the case I'm, I'm really uh, not sure right we had a DM in from a I think uh, Charlton Nurse who says hey guys first time I tweeted in I love the show please read this out I'll be listening on Monday morning I'm going to write this season off as we'll be lucky to make the playoffs with injuries uh, however if a takeover is complete and very excited uh uh, for next season uh, I think uh, I think Carl should stay I think he's proved himself enough uh, this season in what is now difficult circumstances I really hope he stays and can build on the fabulous work uh, he's done and he's backed properly in the transfer market and he goes to get all of the targets that he wants I think Roland will sell some of our talent in order to make back some money and he will provide even more evidence that he is nothing but an absolute all right. <laughs> I can't say that word. Leave that. Yeah. Uh, once again, I love the show and I hope you'll read this out as I'll be listening on Monday morning. So I hope you're enjoying your Monday morning, uh, Charlton Nurse. Uh, I mean, it's a, the point there on Roland selling players. Now, presumably, if we're in this state of due diligence, then surely wouldn't because that would, if you sell £5 million rated Esri Conza, all of a sudden you're asking someone to buy a business for the same Whatever, you, whatever you've agreed, yeah. <laughs> and then it's work, and then you've got rid of five million pounds worth of assets. And it'll need that's not some, the case. it'll need somebody with a lot more savvy than than certainly than me who knows the legal stuff. But I wouldn't have thought you could do anything like that, whether it's sell players or sell bits of. It's like trying to sell uh, the slates of your roof if you've just done the deal for your house. Do you know, what I mean? mm. there must be stuff you can't do, and surely mm. that's in there. But on the other end, does that mean it, it, is it the same? It, buying people as well if if there was a deal to be had that well, you could sell think, somebody yeah. for five but buy, and then buy some five four people for the same money does that constitute good business uh, and therefore you're allowed to do it i really i've no idea 
Tim Ruffle and Carl Robinson says he surely isn't surprised though uh, on the of course the uh, the upcoming uh, disappointment in the transfer window. It's nice that we can predict it though. I guess we've been able to predict it for the last few years, but we know it's happening. Uh, uh, he must have known or been told uh, about Roland's meddling and lack of support. Re transfers now. I mean that's the point. We we have we have known over the last few years. We have come to expect disappointing, particularly January transfer window. So sort of in a way we're expecting that. But like I say. There was that ever so slightly, you know, that tiny dangling carrot of if you're doing all right in January, I might give you a little something. Yeah, and we've had no no precedent to go by for that position. And this is the only season we've ever been in that position. That's true. And now the takeover's supposedly happening, which means it can't happen then as well. I said, or I tweeted out the other day, it would be a typical of Roland if he's just cocked up this elaborate plan just to get out of investing in January <laughs> by claiming there's a big takeover and actually nothing's happening. Um, but yeah, if that's to be believed, then then we'll never know. Um, because Carl obviously has come in and said, look, I'm going to be backed in January if we're there and thereabouts. We are there or thereabouts, and he's not, but there is this takeover. So who knows? That's the way it is now, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, hopefully we won't have to deal with that next January. I mean, worst case scenario, but that's, no, that's not even the right phrase, but uh, let's say we can't buy anybody in January because of what's happening, because there is a genuine takeover. Maybe you know the takeover itself provides the impetus that mm. we need rather than the fact that we need four players I because mean, if we replicate what we did in the first half of this season into the second half we end up with roughly about 80 points uh, I think uh, Millwall got into the playoffs with something like 73 last mm. season so it's still potential playoff positions hopefully it's better than that because we've still got just under half a season you know we've, it's what two games over half a season we're at in the minute yeah. Yeah, so like that, yeah. um, you know it, <laughs> Hopefully, if we can't rely on new bodies in January, then hopefully the uh, the takeover when it does happen provides the impetus. We get mm. players back from injury, and we can still do some loan business. I think up to a certain point. Who knows? Yeah, but I think the I mean takeovers takeovers don't cure tired muscles, and I think obviously that first that first half of the season form is a fresh squad that isn't blighted by what is you know half a half a year's football now and you know you're always going to be recovering from that I was saying the other the other day it's a perpetual injury crisis now because so, someone gets injured so someone else comes back it's a revolving too door, soon and yeah. they and then they get injured so the other yeah. person comes back too soon mm. and yeah. that and that's how it goes uh right uh Bob Liskin says what frustrates me more than everything uh, anything is our reluctance to go forward Cashy and the center backs just pass it sideways attack attack I say but I guess when teams are sitting back you do try and pass your way around them and that and that's what uh, what happened? Sebo said a win like yesterday can bring back a lot of confidence, and confidence will breed more wins. And from there, who knows where that will take us? And that, I think that was very much a curb saying, wasn't it? Wins uh, breed confidence. Confidence well, breeds wins. Jake did say in uh, in, in the talk yesterday that um, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the mood in the camp was good, but the confidence was low because we haven't won in ten, or we'd only won one in ten, I think, wouldn't he? Um, we hadn't won in six. So um, he admitted that the confidence was a bit low uh, across the across the camp, although the mood was pretty good. So I think everybody knows uh, in the in the squad that we've got a decent enough side, but fairly uh, fairly down because we're not winning games. You can see it in the way they play as well. Now I knew this uh, was going to be brought up at some point uh, today, and uh, the tweet comes in from Rod- Roger Trask. I mean, uh, last night I was going from the game. I was just trying to relax, and my phone was going absolutely mental with people uh, <laughs> speculating now Peter Varney uh, it was announced yesterday has left Ebbsfleet United uh, obviously Peter Varney used to be the CEO here um, I mean uh, 
the person to look for here is Rick Everett, who has he, it seems to have some sort of direct line, and he assures us there's there's, there's nothing in it, and there's no, there's nothing worth speculating. Ebsfleet themselves denied there's any link with Charlton. So to be honest, I really don't think there's any further to take that. It sounds it sounds like it's something that no, it, it, we don't want to speculate. We just leave Peter to get on with whatever he needs to do. Uh, so I, I really don't think there's anything in that from what I've read from Rick. And like I say, Rick seems to be quite friendly with Pete, uh, Peter Varney. So I don't think there's anything uh, more we can say on that. No, and if if it's if Peter's, um, you know, I know Peter Varney not not superbly well, but I know him. And uh, uh, if anybody deserves a rest, that fella does. So if it's just to put his feet up, good luck to him. Uh, now that doesn't mean hopefully in the future when everything the dust has settled that we might look to him back in the future because he's got Charlton in his heart. But uh, at the moment, if he just needs a rest, then fair play to him. Mm. Uh, Colin Hart says, Louis, is there any bones in Ricky Holmes going, or have you not heard? Now, I, I, I saw that some people were spreading rumours yesterday. I mean, again, I haven't, I can't say I've heard anything. And with my, with what we were discussing about, surely you, in this situation, you wouldn't look to sell players. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, we've done some strange stuff in the past anyway, <laughs> so I, I'm not going to rule nothing out. But I can't say I've uh, heard anything too concrete on, on that. Uh, Danny Owens points out that um, uh, Robinson said that he felt he had a capable squad at the start of the season, and now that's where you know. I mean, I think Carl made it quite clear as the January transfer window, uh, sorry, as the summer transfer window was coming to a close, he wanted another striker. We were talking about that quite a lot. And as soon as the window slammed shut, he's saying, "Well, you know, the squad is capable as it is." Now, is that man management of the squad? Is that yeah. man management of his own of his owner trying to keep him happy? I mean, because it's quite clear that we all all knew we needed at least one more striker at the end of that transfer window. So, I mean, do you think he said that for specific like morale reasons? Yeah, I think he said that for the squad, um, basically to say to them, right, you're my, you're my boys now, go and, go and do what you can do. Um, Bearing in mind, I think when he, uh, when he was asked it, we still had Novak and, um, um, uh, Who's the other fellow that went? Uh, Jose. Uh, so didn't we still have them two when he made that statement? Possibly. And then we got rid of them fairly sh- shortly just before the window shut. I can't remember. I can't I remember, remember exactly when he made it. I mean, but obviously, yeah, we got we got rid of Novak on the last day, and that's when yeah. we did bring in uh, Joe Dodi. I think it's clear that the squad has not been good enough or yeah. strong enough. I mean, yeah, you got you got to um, balance that with the fact that we've had a horrendous number of yeah. injuries, which which you wouldn't normally expect. But on the other end, if you've got a a better well, not better squad, but if you've got a deeper squad, yeah. you rotate a little bit more. Yeah, your strikers rotate a bit, a bit more, and you manage it. You're able to manage it more. Yeah, how Josh hasn't got injured, I don't know. Well, it's just as well. Though. Yeah. Paul Williams said, what we thought of the game, my three-year-old daughter Katie loves uh, him. We call him Big Bad, Big Bad Josh, <laughs> Big Bad Josh. Uh, I assume that's Josh McGuinness. So hard to explain to her. Uh, he might look bad, uh, big and he is very bad uh, <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> oh. uh, love our optimism uh, gets, uh, uh, it gets the uh, annoyance if we don't score. Uh, but like I have said before, he is our problem. Blocking a goal from Ricky, poor running, poor hold-up play, poor heading, poor work rate, countless times. Uh, way off the pace poor decision making I, I know you lot love him and I wish he was good but he's not a natural attacker Pro- uh, please prove me wrong I'd sort of agree with most of that but not the work rate bit I mean no. uh, nobody who is uh, who, who doesn't put the work rate in is in his own penalty area blocking goal bound shots I'm sorry so I, the rest of it I sort of understand where he's coming from uh, he doesn't play as a natural striker uh, internationally he plays more wide so clearly um, that's you know, necessarily being a, a lone man up front isn't where his strength is, and I'd you know I'd, I'd sort of understand people's opinion of that, but there's no way I'm agreeing the work rate bit. 
Uh, Chris has tweeted in a couple of times. He said, I've got from that Carl interview that if Roland doesn't sell, that he will walk. Now, my view on that is, I mean, when you don't often see managers walking these days because you get paid off if he gets that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'd be surprised if he walked. And B, I mean, if he knows the takeover is coming, if he can stick it out, he might get a transfer budget or he'll get sacked and get his payoff. It's pointless walking these days. I mean, there's no... Uh, there's there's no honour in football if we're being honest. Well, maybe it's just because of his, uh, you know, Carl's sort of body language, which at the moment yeah. is a little bit down. Well, he's not happy, it? is he? He's, no, he's clearly he's clearly unhappy, and I, I do think he he does genuinely want to achieve what he can achieve with what he thinks he can achieve with this club. And you know, there's currently a big stumbling block in that way. I mean, people say you knew that stumbling block was here before he came anyway in the form of Roland de Chatelet, but you know, he's obviously very very disappointed uh, at the moment. And then Chris adds, uh, uh, Igor coming back rumours now the only people I've seen making that rumours is the fans I mean yeah. I haven't seen it elsewhere apart from Igor he tweets a lot, head of a lot of Charlton <laughs> kit pictures but I think he'd probably just run out of clothes in Belgium <laughs> so he's wearing a lot of Charlton training kit I mean the only thing I can say I mean the idea of getting the likes of Igor and whoever else off the books even if it is on loan is that then we're not paying those wages so all of a sudden it's not like Igor, Igor coming back is free you have to pay the wages again it's not like that doesn't change your budget no indeed uh, and uh, apparently by all accounts he was on a significant wage uh, so um, you know don't get me wrong uh, a fit Igor is someone I'd uh, welcome with open arms because yeah, he was but, brilliant when he, yeah, when he came uh, in yeah but unfortunately a fit Igor lasted three like, months exactly, and then we yeah. never saw him again uh, we saw a very unfit Igor with his, with his problem not, not necessarily his fault but he, he just was not the same player after that the first half of the season or so, unfortunately. Right, my voice needs a rest. Let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. In fact, it's going to be a little clip. Uh, I went out into the car park before yesterday's game to catch up with some supporters. So I spoke to a couple of Charlton fans. Uh, Mitch, who uh, I told him it was for BBC Radio London. Then he asked if it was going to be on Charlton Live as well. So I thought, well, if you want it on Charlton Live, you can have it. Uh, and first of all, I spoke to David as well. Now, Charlton fans have been toasting what they see as a Christmas present with news that Roland de Châtelet seemingly close to selling the club. That news has come during a poor run of results on the pitch. It's seen the addicts slip out of the League One top six, mating today's game with Oldham, who've never won at the Valley. Extra important. So, what is the mood like amongst the supporters turning up this afternoon in South East London? Louis Mendes has been finding out well hopefully the new owners will have some spare money to invest in the club and players and hopefully then we can progress on and get back up to the championship yeah i guess with the the form that charlton are in at the moment and the injury crisis they've got then sooner rather than later i guess we would be hopeful to try of to get course. some players within january of course obviously injuries is one of the you know happens in football but we've just been unfortunate this season with injuries we were doing quite well to start with, but obviously the injuries. We haven't got a big enough squad to score, and we definitely need someone up front to start banging the goals in because you can't win games without scoring. Mm. And what would you think about manager Carl Robinson? As you say, he had, he had the, the club playing so well at the start of the season, and this, this injury crisis seems to have knocked him back a little bit. That's correct. I mean, any manager, even Mourinho, if he lost all his top players, he'd be struggling. So how, do you still feel positive for this season? We're trying to start only four points outside the playoffs at this moment. If we get some players in, then I think we've got a chance to progress up into the top six and then hopefully get into the playoffs. But we'll have to wait and see what they can do. Yeah, and how do you see today's game with Oldham going? <laughs> I think we should win today's game because I think the fans get behind it. Now they know that the new owners coming in, there'd be a bit more emphasis on the fans cheering it and hopefully the players will respond as well. I'm, all, I'm always optimistic. Um, it has been a bit dire at the moment, to be honest. So um, it's, it's not been fun watching them. Um, 
for the few, few of the youth, the youth team lads that come in, Joe Rebo's done all right. But we just need more bodies in. We're just we're lacking in bodies. That's what we need. So I don't know if you heard the interview with Carl Robinson during the week where he talks about the upcoming transfer window, and he seems. It didn't seem too positive about whether there's going to be any more signings yeah. with Roland looking to sell the club at the moment. So what did you think about that? I'm not very hopeful. I was surprised we got uh, Mavdivi back in, to be honest, alone. And I don't think we're going to get any more in. So I think we've got, we've got what we've got. So yeah. So just in terms of the, the potentially upcoming takeover, I mean, do you think that is the step that's needed now to take John Absolutely. It's the, only, it's the only possible way forward, I think. So. And with Katrine leaving, do you think that was a step in the right direction? Absolutely. I just feel sorry for the Sheffield Wednesday fans, <laughs> to be honest with you, mate. So, yeah. Uh, the performances on the pitch. I mean, are, are you worried at the moment that we're going to the Charlton are going to sort of slip out of the playoff race at, the, at this moment? Yeah, I don't know. We just need to change it up. I think the um, we get found out with the the one up top. I think we, we need to start playing top top, but we, we ain't got enough heads, so not got enough bodies in, so we can't do it. Charlton fans there. Um, obviously, an early disco for uh, Louis Mendes to go and have a chat with them in. They're building up the atmosphere. Further out to Foss on his left. De Silva's on the overlap. De Silva, ball into the box. Looking for McGuinness. Gets his head there, but just skips off his head, in fact. And Solly will pick it up on the far side. Chip ball banging in the box. Headed clear. Drops to Ricky Holmes with a chance. Oh, what a cracker. Oh, Ricky Holmes, what a belter that is. Absolute stalker of a shot. Put my heart on the line for you. And Leon Best. He's being warmed up and ready to come on, and you can hear the boost from his former home supporters. You know the script now, Leon. You know what to do. Flicks goal bound, and it's an own goal. And I think it's come off Leon Best. best. <laughs> Welcome back to Jolton Live here. <laughs> Always does as I tell him that, fella. <laughs> Maritime Radio. I was just trying to remember who said the stupid thing in that clip, because I made it before Christmas. Well done, Terry. You stepped oh, yeah. up to the... Uh, to the plate there. Good to You're hear. Your sky deliver. <laughs> yeah, good to hear uh, from uh, from Mitch and David there, Charlton fans who I spoke to before yesterday's game against Oldham. Need some new tunes on your iPod, don't you? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, people moan about Katrina. I mean, that that, that that kids' fun park was absolutely banging with that music out there. <laughs> Uh, just, uh, Did you really let the kids on the trampoline in the end? No. Uh, right, Chris Davins sends an email in uh, on uh, uh, for tonight's show. It says, uh, so after months of trying and on some occasions noticeably not trying, we finally get three points. The mighty Oldham, also winless in a very long time, were put to the sword. Come off the day, come off the man or boy, not quite man, teenager, stand-up Steffi Mavadidi. An excellent solo effort lit up the two-thirds empty valley despite our injury crisis. Uh, we put out a side capable of beating anyone in this league. In fact, our squad depth in this pub league is a lot deeper than most, despite Mr. Robinson's rantings. Now for Robinson's comments post-match. Seems to me he's looking for a way out, uh, a jump ship, much in the way another loud, brash, annoying Mr. Neil Warnock left Crystal Palace for QPR when they were in administration. His CV would look uh, would be intact from his spell at the Valley and he'd love telling his story of his time working in impossible circumstances uh, at the Charlton to annoy, any, annoy anyone who'd listen. His buddies at Talk uh, Sport would lap it up as well. Uh, oh well, on to the mighty Berry. Bottom and going down. No easy games in this league though. A cliche that Robertson will trot out this week. In reality, there are no difficult games. It's the lowest standard League One I can remember. Injuries or not, we should be challenging top two. It amazes me how many apologists there are for Robinson Guy Luzon got sacked after a similar run in a higher division with no say on the player signings. Just saying. What do you think? Would you make of that? He's not a fan then. <laughs> I get the impression, the, I get the impression uh, Chris Davin's not a fan of, of Carl Robinson. I mean, I think Guy Luzon got sacked after nine games winless. I mean, historically, I mean, Carl's now had uh, last season and this season had two eight 
game winless runs. Now, historically, that would probably be enough to get you sacked under Roland, ironically. We've mentioned it more than once or twice, I think, haven't we, that, uh, that we're, there are certainly not this run, but certainly the last run, we were half expecting it to happen mm. and wouldn't have been surprised had it done so. Yeah, uh, Freddie said that apparently Millwall got promoted with only 66 points, Usually, you need, but usually you need 70 to 72 to get to the playoffs. I mean, that's outrageous. I mean, they should be dragged back down for that <laughs> cheating. They'll uh, do it themselves, yeah. won't they, with a bit of luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve uh, Catley uh, says, uh, Hi, all a win at last, but what an awful performance. We really need to start attacking uh, as watching Charlton is actually becoming boring. Uh, the constant prevaricating prev- with a four... I think he means persevering, possibly, or it's a word that no, I don't know. Yeah, word, there's plenty of words I don't know, and he's used one of them there. Uh, with a 4-2-3-1 formation, which doesn't work with the players we have, didn't Carl come into the club saying he wanted to play exciting football and score lots of goals? Uh, well, that's not happening. It won't in League One with only one up front. We bring in Mavadidi, who dug us out of a hole with a moment of magic, but the rest of the game was dross until Cag came on and had a run at their defence. Had a Twitter conversation with Mr. Wallin uh, yesterday after the game, and we seem to agree with the fact that Harry Lennon isn't good enough. I mean, would you, would you get, did you go that far? Or uh, I thought yesterday in particular. Yeah, yeah, as I said earlier in the show, he's still young, mm. but um, yeah, he misplaced a yeah. few passes and stuff. Yes. He goes, uh, and then he continues, or at least not good enough to be put into a role where he was expected to distribute the ball yeah. forward because he can't. How many passes were either over hit or just wayward? Uh, he only completed passes to Bauer or De Silva or Cashy, and that was because he seems to be playing as a third centre half, a complete waste of a player. Talking about Cashy there. Uh, Jacko showed the midfielders uh, have to, that midfielders have to make runs into the box, but Cashy can't because he's 60 yards behind the play. And Aribo is the one setting up the chance anyway. But I mean, Cashy's a defensive midfielder. That's why I come to expect from him. the amount of times that Cashy wins the ball for us on the edge of our 18 yard box. I think that's more his job. He's not a forward playing midfielder, uh, in my opinion. Uh, uh, that's, that's what he's saying uh, as for Carl and Roland spat over new players no surprise he said the bloke hasn't uh, had a care for the club since he bought us and if he is selling why should he start to care now personally this will be the one that gets the grumbles going I would be quite happy if Ricky Holmes left this window great shot uh, after a couple of minutes and then it was every time he gets the ball uh, then it was all about him every time he gets the ball he doesn't play a pass to, or to get someone else in he's always looking for the 1-2 and is the worst dead ball taker since who knows when uh, how many crosses free kicks and corners go beyond the last man let Aribo take corners for goodness sake uh, Holmes can't take a decent corner uh, for any confectionery let alone Toffee <laughs> uh, we were so much better yesterday when we actually used him as a decoy and missed him out of the play altogether he's going, if, if he's going to play stay wide get crosses in and stop running around the pitch like you own the place uh, as for Josh McGuinness well don't get me started playing wide or not at all Cag should start up front all the youngsters have had uh, have experience of winning games uh, going forward and scoring goals in the under 21s and 23s uh, and that's obvious every time they get the ball why did we drop deeper and deeper again in the second half uh, come on Carl where is, this, where is this exciting football don't blame Roland you have 11 on the pitch you've got to get them going not backwards not sideways anyway uh, he says rant over great show as always going for a lie down uh, cheers Steve <laughs> I'm going to need a lie down Steve <laughs> uh, yeah uh, cheers for your email there Steve we're into the last 10 minutes of the show here on Channel. we've got plenty of emails to get through so I'm going to uh, dive straight f- uh, into them. Peter Sullivan says, Welcome win yesterday to end what's, uh, what's been and continues to be a difficult time for the club. I feel sympathy for Robinson with the timings of the sale if it's still going ahead. Totally destroyed his plans for transfer loans uh, to help the team push for a top six. Now it sounds like he has had uh, as much of an idea as what's going on uh, as us. Uh, not that Roland's got much history for sharing information apart from Murray staying quiet. Uh, I wonder if uh, Mr. Kiahan had anything to say of importance in the last month or so. Well, I can't imagine. I can't imagine he'd be that involved with the football side of anything. So, I wouldn't have thought so. 
No, I doubt it somehow. <laughs> uh, excellent stuff. Right. Um, next email is from Jacob Stiles. Says, we are, we are lucky to have Mavadidi clearly better than this level, uh, a bit like Lookman, but as long as this takeover is taking place, nothing will change. But in my eyes, uh, the real promotion would be having a new owner. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of people have, have had that view over, over the last yep. however long. Uh, just quickly on, on a side note, I didn't watch the Liverpool-Everton game, but I know that both Lookman uh, and uh, Joe Gomez were playing. There was a great at- bit on that where uh, basically up to the point where Edamola came on, uh, nothing got past Joe Gomez yeah. at all. He looked imperious, even at right back, which is not his preferred position, but he just looked unbeatable. And then Adam Ola would come on, and uh, I think in the, the, the second touch, just yeah. put him on his backside. <laughs> Absolutely roasted him. It's great. Excellent stuff. Good to, to Charlton. The, well, the great in, in, in as much as I was pleased for him, but not great they're not playing for us. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, right, uh, Samuel Spong says, I think Charlton fans have shown their class by rarely calling for a manager's head during the worst period in our club's history. We've always respected no captain in the world can successfully steer a sinking ship. That said, multiple sources are reporting he'll be gone under new management uh, with the British firm apparently lining up Chris Powell. My question to you is, would you accept that chain of events if it ended with Powell's return? I mean, multiple sources is fans talking on Twitter. I don't think we can read too much into that. I mean, I think it's more desire than yeah. fact, but who knows? Yeah, but I mean, in terms of if that, would that be a desired path for us? Who, who, who as a Charlton fan... Wouldn't want Chris Powell back here. Come on. Oh, I mean, I'd there's, feel there's real. There. I'd feel really sorry for Carl. Don't get me wrong. And and if he if Carl stays, I'd I'd have no problem with it particularly. But uh, if uh, if the takeover, if there is a takeover close by and it happens, and part of that process was uh, Chris Powell coming back through the door, I'd, I'd you'd struggle to really to find a Charlton fan that wouldn't be happy with that, wouldn't you? Heartbreaking would if you? it was rubbish, though, wouldn't it? Well, granted, but yeah. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Beadle says uh, it was great to see a win yesterday, but I feel so sorry for Robbo. Why is he the only one? that keeps us informed as to as what is possibly going on. We all need clarity. It's our club. Uh, Alex McLeish was the guest of Murray yesterday. Can only think he's part of a consortium or hope uh, he is. Uh, him as manager would kill our club. Uh, look what he did to, to Forrest. I mean, again, I mean, managers, Sam Allardyce was here a couple of months ago. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be part of some sort of takeover. And that would be pretty brazen to come and sit in the director's box, like waving at people. Oh, I'm going to be the new manager when this current manager goes. I, I, you know, just the fact he was here, I don't think you want to... I think the thing is, because nobody really knows what's going on and there's so much going around that any little thing like that people are leaping on. So mm. Ricky has a couple of bad games. People say he's off to Sheffield United. Managers are sitting in there. That's it. They're coming in. You know, if you hear an Australian accent in the concourse, you'll assume he's the guy who's buying the club. So I think everybody just wants some clarity and, and uh, Carl said it himself the other day. And until we have that, people are going to keep speculating, unfortunately, which just some people are going to believe. Well, Alex, I mean, I know Alex McLeish is back in the country looking for work because wasn't he in, he was in Egypt or somewhere, uh, and that's come to an end, I believe, or, or pretty close to it, supposedly. So, um, but Alex uh, McLeish was in Egypt. Yeah, he's in Japan. Yeah, I mean, he's come at He's Scottish, of course. He's not going to have a sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I, I thought everybody was linking him with the Rangers job at one point, so I don't know. And the thing is, like. Terry said, if you're a new owner here and Powell's out of a job, if you are going to get rid of Robinson, surely that's the only person you're bringing in. Mm. I can't understand why you wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, would would McGlee should have... Um, did McGlee should have... Uh, I'm trying to think if he had any connections with any of the players we got in a minute. I don't know. Actually, off top he top might Joe, just want to watch Dobby. a game of football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you see, yeah. see managers wanting to go and watch a game of football all the time, yeah. especially when you're out of work. Yeah. 
Uh, right, Marcus uh, tweets in. Hi, chaps. Uh, I, de- I, I get why we can't buy or sell players due to the takeover, but I'm confused why the club doesn't recall a Jose, Vettikele or Hanlon. Robinson makes the point we only have one fit striker. Bring one home. So I sort of mentioned it earlier. I mean, people sort of, in, in, especially in the case of a Jose, who believes on quite high wages, and, and Vettikele probably in a similar situation. I mean, it's not free to bring players back because Berry will be paying a percentage of uh, of a Jose's wages, especially considering that you know in a Jose and Vettikele, you've got two players who, for the majority of their time here, haven't done it. I mean, like Igor had a great spell. A Jose got a few goals, but for the majority of the time, they, they, you know. There's, there's the old adage that players are much better when they're not in the team, aren't they? Because, That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say because you've said that a few times on this show and I, I think it's right. Um, but as we all said a, a little while ago, a fit Igor, I'd take him back all day long. But how often did we see that? Mm. And a Jose didn't fit the style and I can't really see him fitting the style here at the moment either. I mean, maybe he fits into that number 10 role, but we've got Clark there when he's fit, um, obviously now looking to next season. And we've got Reeves there and Cag and Ricky and, and Fosu when he comes back. So... I think we're kind of we're stopped for his role. Um, I do obviously still think we need someone to come in and replace Josh up front, um, but I don't think either of them are, are that man. Unfortunately, like I say, Igor, if he was guaranteed fitness between now and the end of the season, I would take a pun on him. But um, I ju- you just can't guarantee that. Mark Newbury emails in evening chaps. I know I'm in the minority who enjoyed your blimey, uh, who enjoyed the game yesterday. I've always had him down as a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange, yeah. strange man. Yeah, that's why he's on the show these days. Uh, <laughs> didn't think it was as stinky as some, uh, but after the the drought of wins, uh, a drowning man isn't going to pass up a raft and I wait and wait for a luxury liner uh, to pick him up. <laughs> so, so You've been reading the cliche book again. <laughs> good way of putting it. Uh, after the underwhelming performances we've seen in the previous six weeks there was more effort and work yesterday apart from Marshall who gave his normal 15% including the tunnel jump uh, did have a uh, have the pit of a stomach feeling with 15 to go that we would concede uh, but relief as our defence held firm still uh, still feel we're trying to uh, we're trying left slide too many it's we're trying, oh, right. we're trying left side too, way too much and sometimes Arebo uh, has at least 10 metres of, of space in good positions but we don't find him and he just stood there like a lamppost. The skipper's header was good but Cag should have finished his chance. He took one touch too many a couple of times. I think Cag just needs to let go a little bit more, doesn't he? But hopefully yep. a few more goals will do that. Uh, why the ref thinks that Steffi would dive after four minutes is nuts uh, and he looked reluctant to give us anything yesterday. Feel for Carl and seeing Alex McLeish in the stand doesn't fill me with hope. Uh, hope the new owner gives Carl a go instead of bringing someone in new for half a season it would just lead uh, to a season of what is thanks for your email uh, Mark and finally uh, we did have an email from Alan Hyde again asking the same Peter Viney questions so we won't go into that so finally what Dan Briordi uh, on McGuinness says hi team Big Josh is just not helping us right now other than defensively does uh, not make runs lost, loses most headers does not score enough and no natural poacher instinct I was like to see Cag and Mavadidi up front and running into channels and creating space and keeping balls on the floor lumping balls to McGuinness is just too predictable and he is not uh, also massively irritated by our standard of pass Passing rarely in front of the player and often under hit. Cashy is often guilty of this. And finally, Mark Marshall, last year highest assisting player for Bradford. Uh, what has happened? He says, other than that, feeling very positive <laughs> regards uh, from Dan. So thanks for your email, Dan. And we'll just very quickly dive into uh, our player in focus this week. Has been uh, Steffi Mavadidi. A couple of comments on that. GB Addict says, he's exactly what we need right now. A player who can create chances out of nothing and take the pressure off of Holmes and Marshall and Fossu. And Solly, uh, it says... Uh, 
uh, and uh, Fosu and Swally are nearly back and our upcoming fixtures are kind. So who knows where we could be in February. Thanks for the show, lads. Thanks for your tweet in, uh, Mr. GB Addict. Uh, and John uh, Charles White uh, finally tweets, I do not think one player can do it alone, but he can play alongside Fosu when he's fit. There's a four. So thanks for your chats about uh, Steffi Mavadidi. If we had longer, we'd probably go more into that because he is our player in focus. Uh, Bob just finally says that Igor apparently 28 games and 10 goals for St. Truden. Now, I'd happier playing away from here I don't know I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I've written him off too soon and maybe if he is fit but like I say wages will come into bringing him back is not free and that's what we have to remember uh, and maybe Carl I mean maybe Carl just wants a different type of player but we haven't really got time to go into that much more because we've come pretty much to the end of tonight's uh, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio thanks for all your correspondence that's kept us going uh, right up until the final minute of this show it's been a fascinating weekend in a fascinating era for the club and there's been plenty to talk about and you guys have uh, certainly talked about it with us so thank you for that Tom Wallin thank you for coming in this evening cheers Louis you big Wally uh, uh, <laughs> Terry Smith good to have you on uh, again this evening cheers guys just tied a conspiracy theory Alex McLeish managed in Belgium for a year before he oh, good. sign him up sign him up sign him up right this has been Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio my name is Louis Mendes thank you for joining us I hope you've enjoyed uh, this evening's show at this bloody bizarre stage of the club's history uh, like I said we could have said that at any point really for the last four years hope you enjoyed it we'll be back on Thursday evening with a big match preview don't forget Charlton are at home on Tuesday evening in the check yourself before you wreck yourself oh god I hope we get knocked out <laughs> anyway right we'll see you later Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.